welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. That, that that's a good intro, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm I'm, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. What just happened? <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's really even much of a breakdown you can really do about that game. It looked like it was a bunch of uh, mini mites teams just going out there, and then like. The team that was in the lead just kind of fell asleep, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, stars win by a final score. Of... No, that one's not a question. We know the stars won. <laughs> okay, stars win. Yeah. With the final score of seven to three. That's a lot seven of seven to three. That's a lot of hockey's. We have only played one real Dallas Stars game out of out of those four wins for the win for the playoff series yeah. and that was game five yeah we so our four wins in the series <laughs> are five four five four two one seven three and for a team not known for their offense we have scored the second most goals in the first round and you know behind, who scored more behind Colorado, our opponent yeah <laughs> Go freaking figure. I Okay, let's just... I guess we'll just look at a couple of stats tonight. Let's start with goalies. Sure. Calgary <laughs> gives back game three. Their goalies sucked. They were bad. That was like, the difference in the game. Yeah, Hudobin actually plays outstanding for 50 minutes. <laughs> he plays a, a perfect 50 minutes. So, unfortunately, in the first 10, there was three goals, <laughs> but he played a great game since then. He finishes with a 927 save percentage, very respectable, higher end of his save percentage average for the best in the league. And then the Flames, Talbot, who's taken out in the fir in, uh, during the second period and put back in in the third period, which I've never seen in my life, unless there was an injury. Finishes with a save percentage of 7.33. And Riddick goes in for less than a period. Faces nine shots and only makes six saves. Like I said, I still don't know if this is a Stars win or a Flames loss. I think <laughs> I think Calgary's given back game three that they stole from us. And given us a Kachuk meme to go along with it. Oh man, that meme is gonna be everywhere. We I need that out. I we need to use. Yeah, awesome. I saw that on the Twitter. We need to use that throughout the playoffs for every reaction. It's just the Kachuk gif, no matter what. From now on, that is our. That's our. That's our. That's our rally flag now. Did you see the other gif that was up on uh, Twitter? I forgot who put it, but it was when Kari uh, Lettinen was still around, and it was absolutely hilarious because they said, "When is Hudobin gonna start doing this?" It was the exact same score against the exact same team several years ago. It was against the Flames, it, and it was 7-3. to three. What are the chances? <laughs> yep, I don't. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I, I guess that's the difference in the series. I mean, we talked about that, right? At the, that when we did our previews uh, for this series, yeah, for and, all the series. and in the middle of the series, we were saying it. It didn't feel like Stars goalies were being better than Flames goalies, and they prove us wrong in the next three Stars wins, and 
finish out the series for us. And the Stars woke up in Game 2, and they never looked back, except for... The stolen game in Game 3. That was pretty much it. We still were the better team that game. Yeah, and you know what? I'm starting to think that we actually were the better team in Game 3. I don't think Talbot was that great. I think think he played well, and I think we were very unlucky. Yes, I think that was part of it. We had no puck luck. And all those goals that should have gone in in Game 3 went in in Game 6. Yeah, yeah, every single one. There was every, not every single one. I think, I think this was the only game in the series where we didn't hit a post. Actually, I don't. I can't I recall don't a post I, hit. I, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, they all went in. Yeah, they all. Every single one of them went in. I don't. I only saw like two good missed chances, both of them by the first line, obviously. But <laughs> well, actually, that's funny you bring that up. So we were just talking about that. Guess who didn't score points tonight? Top Sagan, three. Ben. And Radulov. Does that mean there's this is like the beginning of the end of those three being dominant, and then Denis Garyanov and Hints? And... That's the post that I made on Facebook. I think this game is a perfect highlight for what the Stars' future is for the next, hopefully, like ten years if we can keep them on our team. It's going to be the Hints, Garyanov, and Haskinen show, and they're going to be the core of this team, same way Ben Sagan and Klinger were. But I think the best teams in the playoffs, the teams that always wind up winning the Cup, and everyone agrees that they were the best team that year, are always the teams that have those older guys and they have their new core coming up with them. And they're both there together. And I think, I'm hoping that's what we're witnessing right now and hoping we can get a little bit more production out of the top three guys going into the next round. But I will say the top three, they had some pretty big plays after the first two games. The, the goals that they did score while they were few and far between, they were some pretty big goals. You think about the first goal in in uh, Game 5, the 1-2 win. Yeah, the bin. Like, what, that what do you think? That was a huge goal. That goal can change the game. It, it, no goal in the first period. It goes into the second period, 0-0. We could be looking at a whole different game there. So th- while they haven't been as productive as we've seen them in the past, they have been made a pretty big impact on the series still, I think. Well, you know what I'm thinking about right now is uh, I'm thinking about the Toronto media, and they're probably welcoming Calgary with open arms, saying, welcome to the crap show that is <laughs> Canada yeah. hockey right now. That was... <laughs> I, I'm thinking it's still... I think Calgary's still on, still coming up, right? I don't think they're they've arrived yet. I think they've got two good players, a solid first line, a decent second line that's pretty much carried by Kachuk. But they have there's no depth at all. There's no blue liners and the goaltending obviously is spotty. But I think I think within the next few years as long as their GM has a brain in there, they'll be able to figure out how to get some depth guys in there to help Johnny and Kachuk. Well, the the thing is is that what was the most dominant line in the series for the Calgary Flames? Uh, it was Bennett. the third line. Yeah, it was yeah. the third line. It was it was Bennett, Dubé, and Milan Lucic. And in, until game three, uh, the, I mean, Milan Lucic was on the score sheet every night going back to the Winnipeg series. And then uh, I guess it, um, they are playing a lot of hockey, by the way. I mean, a lot of hockey very soon. And, uh, man, 
it, I thought this was absolutely hilarious. But so when the Flames were up uh, three to nothing, that's when the, the NHL released the start time for Game Seven. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, yeah. thinking there was going to be one game on Saturday. Uh... Nope. Stars didn't want it. <laughs> Don't think so. <laughs> it's, it's we'll almost do like, without that one, thanks. <laughs> it's almost like on the bench during the timeout. Bonus was like, "Hey yeah, guys, we, maybe we that's gotta... <laughs> what was said during the timeout." <laughs> hey, they they just released the time for Game Seven. <laughs> let's let's just show them and prove them wrong. Gary, if you got my back, you're gonna you're gonna score four goals. Oh my Whatever. gosh. I've got another downer news in a good game. So Gurionov still has minimal ice time, and he scores four goals. I think he had third least among forwards. It was, yeah, Gurionov, uh, Kiviranta, and Hintz. And Hintz had 13-24, Kiviranta had 13-12, and Gurionov had 13-27. So, yeah. And he that, scores four that's, goals. That's a goal every assist. three minutes. That's a yeah. goal every three minutes, basically. So pretty much what me and Ryan are saying is he should just play all 60 minutes, and then the Stars will score like 12 goals a game. Yeah, I can't do math that fast. Let's just clone Haskinen and Garyanov, no, and then we'll be, we'll be good. Yeah, the, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just go with that. Moneyball. Okay, well, let's look at some other stats for today. Hero of the series, uh, I think, is Miro Haskinen. And Klinger. And Klinger, even though he wasn't very vocal tonight, or vocal, does that even make sense? He wasn't though he on wasn't, the score sheet. Right, we he understand. wasn't on the score sheet. But uh, Haskinen tonight with a goal and three assists. And you know, honestly, if he doesn't score that goal in the first period on the power play, I think this game is a lot different. I completely agree. I think that goal was huge, because if, you, if you're going into the locker room 3 nothing, and you were getting trounced the whole game, that that feels especially bad. A three goal deficit really sucks, but two goals is pretty normal. Like that's a bad period, but it's not like it's not like you're going into the room thinking like, oh, how are we gonna come back from this? You go into the room thinking one more goal and it's a hockey game, mm-hmm. right? So right. it's much easier mentally, in my opinion, to come back from two goals than it is from three. So I think that's a huge goal, and of course, stars just come out dominating the second period it wasn't even close it looked like the like calgary didn't even belong there and then third period actually calgary looks pretty good in the first seven minutes they were pushing pretty hard but then as soon as garyanov scores his fourth it's it's over well it was it was a good play by kiviranta too so it was a good play kiviranta actually played pretty well this game in my opinion especially compared to the other game that he played where he looked very shaky he he looked really good this game. So if Jan marks out for an extended period of time, I think, I think if he throw keeps him on the second way, line with good. Pavelski and Garyanov, you think he can just replace that? Uh, I game still want to see Pavelski, Garyanov, and Hints, which we saw in the beginning of the game, which got me excited. But yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> I still want that. It didn't matter. Yeah, I I still <laughs> want to see those two guys flying up the wing and just Pavelski coming in late, man, and scoring. But either way, as long as they're scoring seven goals, I can't really complain. So. Well, honestly, I was getting ready for Game 7. I really was. After that first period, I was like, uh, okay, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll win Game 7 because there's no way we play this bad. And then the next game in Game 7, we don't pull off uh, the win. But the Stars had other ideas tonight. Uh, 
but I don't know what else to, to say about this other than it. What, what's the story of the game here? Uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier too in the in the green room before we started recording. But is this a flames implosion or is this a actually like a stars like offensive breakout? Yeah. So I I think it's a mixture of both. I think the Flames goalies sucked and they were terrible. <laughs> like, I mean, all the goals we had were pretty decent. I think I can think of a couple that were pretty bad, but they they've got to make one good save at least and they they didn't the whole game and then the second part is that dallas came out to take the lead in the second period and there was no stopping them from calgary calgary's not a good enough team to stop them and i think the whole story of the series is dallas's blue line is a tier to s tier and calgary's blue line is like not even an nhl blue line and that's where the starkest contrast in the series come, comes from. Because if, you, if you're if you a normal hockey fan and you're not like staring at stats like me and Ryan are, can you name one defenseman from the Calgary Flames? Not not really. <laughs> they didn't. They were nowhere in this series. Not on defense, not on offense. I think there was one goal by a defenseman, and it was in game one. I can't remember who exactly it was. I think but, it was Rasmussen. Yeah, but... They were non-existent. Our blue liners were far superior, which is what we need because we have one of the best blue lines in the league, and we just showed that dominance in this whole series, in my opinion. That and our goaltending from game four on. Well, and I think one of the the biggest surprises about this game was, and actually I disagreed with, uh, I think it was Tim Collishaw on Twitter. He mentioned something about uh, I forget the Calgary coach's name. Jeff something. Decisions? I don't know. It's not decisions. It's Jeff something. But anyways, he said that you could tell that he was not a, a real NHL head coach because Talbot let in two softies and then immediately switched to Riddick, who hadn't played a single game in the bubble. Yeah. And at first I was just like, no, the, he he's just trying to, to get some, you know, get, jumpstart him basically like take a couple of jumper cables hook the, his team up to a battery and you know kind of electrify them back in and then uh you know after i think i think after riddick gave up that third goal i was just like i went back to that same twitter post and i was like okay i was wrong i'm sorry you were correct <laughs> yeah it, it it does jumpstart the other team but not if the other goalie hasn't played and can't play <laughs> right yeah, right exactly so it, if you're gonna put in a cold goalie who you know is not gonna do well there there's there's really no reason to and like i think if we have ben bishop as a backup to Hudobin that game i honestly think after the third goal Hudobin's taken out which like is crazy to think about because after that he plays a great game but if you give up three goals in seven minutes and it's been there's been like eight shots seven shots was it i don't know that's when you think Seven. about changing a goalie, yeah. Yeah, well, because so it kind of plays. Go ahead. Yeah, it kind of plays to our favor that we didn't have Ben Bishop on the bench tonight. So, and we're we're definitely not going to put Ottinger in unless unless Hudobin gets gets hurt because that would <laughs> that's a pretty scary thing for a goaltender who's never played an NHL game to do. Yeah, 
poor Ottinger. <laughs> that that imagine? would be terrifying. I can't yeah, even imagine. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's uh, he's your age, I think, right? Maybe a little bit older. I don't know. I think he's 22, so maybe 21, something like that. Um, Okay, so we've looked at a couple of stats for the Stars. Um, I'll just throw this out there as well. Was Pavelski had a great game too, and goal and, and two helpers And a great there. series. He's the best. Star, he's the best stars forward this series. Granov obviously has has overall. a has a great game today. Four goals. That's nuts. But Pavelski's overall the best stars forward this series. He always seemed to be the guy jump starting comebacks and jump starting the offense. And it always seemed like he had the first good shift after a streak of bad ones. So Pavelski's contract really starting to pay off like like we thought it would in the playoffs, which is when we need it most. Oh, and not to mention Corey Perry, too. He had Also a with the helper too. today. So he hasn't been as noticeable the past couple of games, but there, he still does the little stuff, right? I mean, he's he's our agitator. He's the one that gets in the other team's face and stuff like that. As long as he stays and, out of the box... He he's a great player for us. Yes. So which he has been. actually, you know, that that makes me think about something on the Flames side uh, is Mark Gior. Oh my goodness, Mark Giordano. Um, this guy had penalties left and right this series. It seemed like, and uh, a- a- again, he's just taking bad penalties, and and you could see. I think it was about ten minutes left in the third period. You could see his frustration. When I think it was him by himself just rammed the star's goal, goal crease and was trying to pick a fight with Klingberg. But uh, he just had a rough series. And maybe is, is, this, the, is this it for Mark Giordano? And that, that's funny to say considering like just a couple of years ago he won the Norris Trophy. And now he's very, very quickly on the decline. Um, I hope not for his sake and for the – for the flames sake but i don't if you're a flames fan i don't know where you go from here yeah i think it's definitely frustrating for their fans and for their best players to be in this position and to kind of squander it they, they didn't play a good game since after game one honestly game three they were carried by their net minding and some puck luck the, from the stars and some puck luck and their gm has got to find a way to put some put some blue liners out there or something or else they might be they might be trying to get out. I mean, Johnny and Kachuk they've been in the league for a couple of years now. It, it seems like they're still fresh new faces, but they're they're climbing up there. They're gonna have to find a way to start winning some hobby, some hockey games, or they're gonna get frustrated and get out of that place. Same way with same from in my opinion with McDavid and Drysaddle. Well, and when you look across the stats for the Flames. I mean, they're just minuses all over the, all over the screen. Well, for this game, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you've got uh, Tobias Reeder with a minus two. You've got Sean Monahan with minus two. You've got Noah Hannafin with minus two. You've got Mangiapane with a minus two. Yeah, and that just proves that most this game. Of those, yeah, most of those guys are in your top six, or in yeah. Hannafin's case, your top four for your defenseman, and. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to fam- Flames fans. I don't I don't know what uh, I mean. Brad Tree Living has got himself a huge job to do at the end of the year, especially after that game. And with that game being the last game of their season, that's all people are going to be talking about from here until December, assuming 
the next NHL season starts in December. December or January, whatever. C- kind of reminds me of the the Stars game seven against the Blues when they get blown out, and how that just leaves a bad taste in our mouths for the entire well, off season. And you know what's funny? The the thing that was bad about that game is that it showed how how lackadaisical our physicality was on that specific team against the Blues, and the Blues just ran us over. That's exactly but, what happened that but, series. But we are that team now. Physicality-wise, we are that team. We yep. are the – what. so we, we took a page from the Blues book, and we took it, and we found some players to fulfill those roles. Yeah, and, that that year we, we win – we win the Western Conference, right, in the regular season. We're a great hockey team. We're not a great playoff hockey team that year. And I think from that point on, Jim Nill sees that, and he says, all right, I'm building a playoff hockey team now. I don't care where we end up in the regular season. We're going to make a deep run. And I think I think we all thought that this team was built for a deep run. I didn't know exactly how it was going to work since the weirdness of these playoffs, but this team is built to go deep in the playoffs and to have depth and to find scoring on on at apparently, least three out of four lines. Apparently find scoring, even though we <laughs> thought that they couldn't score goals. Well, but... well, my point is we've got the depth <laughs> to get the goals, even when our top three aren't playing. So Zach was right when uh, in, in our series preview when he talked about we, we're not going to need to rely on the top three guys where I thought we would have to. Our depth comes in, comes in big time, and that's a – that's a great sign for a playoff team. And when we face those, especially Colorado, which I'm very scared of, when we face those better teams, I, I feel like we're going to find some more scoring from the top three, and hopefully we keep the scoring from our depth and we just keep it rolling. Well, let me ask you real quick about uh, your thoughts. Now, b- before we wrap up this series, the last two games in the Colorado-Arizona series was 7-1 to one, each game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Arizona has a lot to talk about too. Speaking of Taylor Hall, I'd, I, if I was Arizona, I would not re-sign him. But that's for another day. Um, those two games, was it just Arizona had was just that bad? Or did it show that Colorado is just that good and we should be very scared of their offense? So I think there's there's definitely... So, so I'm gonna make up a definition now. I think there's there's definitely a, a bubble effect that went on with some teams, especially in the in the entry rounds, and I think it carried over into some of the first rounds. I think the Yotes, as soon as they as soon as they kind of realize that they're getting demolished and that it's not looking good for their series, they're kind of just feeling bad for themselves and they're kind of ready to go home. Is my opinion. That's that's what it, that's the what it looked like from the team that they put out there. It looked like the Yotes were bad, and I, I'm actually really excited for this upcoming series because Calgary's offense is good. Don't get me wrong, obviously, it scoring seven goals against any NHL team is twice is pretty astonishing, but it's gonna be that great offense versus the Stars' great defense, hopefully. Well, well, we don't. <laughs> we, know. we don't know. Whatever. <laughs> this may be an offensive shootout. Maybe the stars, uh, what we thought was our, you know, our our, our game. Maybe it's not that anymore. Or maybe I it's think, just the COVID effect, and it's yeah. just the playoffs, and it's just everything's weird. So I think it's still our game. I think 
the Flames' big goals come from inconsistencies in the stars, right? So obviously, this game, that's true. The first 10 minutes was terrible by us, and the, pretty much the last 40, we were complete control. And, you know, it, it feels good to know that the stars can find ways to win. I think that even starts with the final round Robin game. Like, we didn't look great in that game, but we won the game. And that kind of that kind of mantra has continued throughout this series too. Like even if we're not looking great or we're not playing the style of hockey that we want to, we're adapting and we're finding a way to win that hockey game. So I think especially in this COVID cup, that adaptation <laughs> COVID cup. That, <laughs> I like that, it. I like it. That adaptation and that ability to win a game any way it comes at you, I think it's gonna be super helpful. And I'm hoping we can find our defensive game because I think that's the main reason we, we were able to sweep. Need it. I think that's the <laughs> we main reason we were it. able to sweep Colorado and in the season series because we, we locked down against them and we just put up our one or two goals and we moved ourselves along into the next game. So, but that's for another time. I'm sure we'll have a series preview for yeah. round two. I, I think that's going to be our next podcast, probably. Yeah, is but I'm very about, excited to talk well, about that series and to watch it, obviously. Well, and I'm really curious to see how all of us did with our season previews and who won and who didn't, because there were some series I was very wrong on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing good. I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> um, but, all right, let's wrap up this series and wrap this up. Um, what was the deciding factor for the stars winning this series in your mind if you had to pick you you can't i mean there was multiple things but if you could only pick one thing what do you think it is blue liners hayskinen and klingberg they win the series highest point getters had the most puck possession of anybody on the ice they controlled pretty much games two through six and they kept it in their hands and they won it in my opinion our reliance on our top four is going to be huge going forward. And the emergence. Top four defensemen. Four, top four defensemen, thank you. And the emergence of Jamie Alexiak is probably one of the biggest things that allowed us to win this series. I really do believe that. Now, he's, he took some stupid penalties, but he, he, he just seems more confident on the ice. And he does. You, You're right. you can see that with the way he goes forward with the rush. I mean, this guy is six seven, and he's flying faster than Johnny Goudreau. And stick handling around the little defenseman yeah. and everything. I know. And now, all right. Since you said that, I, I'll that I would have said that too. But I also gotta, I'll pick something else. Um, the emergence of Hudobin is absolutely huge. I believe. Yeah, we scored a lot of goals. Yeah, we we did that. But without Hudobin. I mean, I mean, look at today's game. If you don't have goaltending, you don't win series or games or anything. And Calgary proved that to the entire NHL today that the Flames don't have goaltending, or at least they're just not consistent. Yep. So, where I really hope uh, Bishop, whatever's going on with Bishop, uh, he gets fixed. Or uh, I'm, I mean, I, I'm very until curious then to hear we're it. in good hands though. Yeah, and see, and I'm not worried about that. And even when Hudobin went in net, I wasn't worried about it because we saw how he played. Now, the 
the the last thing that I'll mention about Hudobin is if he takes us deep into the playoffs and stuff like that, how do we keep him? We don't. He he ha- he's gonna expect a huge raise. I Which mean, he would I, deserve. I, I think I think he's at like two and a half million right now, and that which is decent for a backup money wise, and he, he's definitely proved it. Um, yeah, the only way we keep him, uh, I I think even after just this series, the only way we keep him is if he wants to stay. He would have to take a pay cut, and we've heard him say stuff about him. He likes Dallas. He wants to play here. I've heard him say that. For I don't remember where or when, but. Ben Bishop is still our number one goalie, so anyone who thinks Hudobin is our number one goalie is wrong. Ben Bishop is still at least a top five goalie pretty much the past eight years, so he's going to be our number one goalie. We're going to re-sign him. He is going to play for us in net every game. But, but we have one we, of the top we goalie We have tandems. the top back, backup goaltender in the league. Really? Bar none. Oh, well, yeah. Well, Not what a about, chance. What about uh, Vegas? No way. Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury. I think Hudobin, both of them. Hudobin are... is better than Leonard. Oh, that, those are some big words. We'll talk about that in our season series uh, coming up, coming up here in a couple of days. Yeah, I think we'll probably do that Saturday because there shouldn't be any game Saturday now with the Stars winning tonight. So, all right. Well, thank you all all for listening in. What a crazy game. Um. I don't. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Go Vancouver. Go Vancouver. Yeah, I'm. I'm rooting for Vancouver tomorrow. We'll see how that works out. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been Starcastic Remarks. I'm Ryan, along with Chris. We thank y'all for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter at Starcastic R. We also have a Facebook page, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Stars win with the final score tonight. 7-3 to three in the absolute craziest game I think I've ever watched as a Stars fan. And we will see you again on Saturday. Let's go to sleep. Yes, it's almost 1 in the morning. Nighty night.